Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. You guys up for a soda party? Soda! Soda! I think I like the idea, Hoop. Toto? I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. It's a lie. 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 Take your sticky paws off me, you damn dirty ape. You talking to me? Welcome to Classic Movie Night with your hosts, Anna and Sean Allen. Tonight's episode, the 1952 classic Singing in the Rain, starring Gene Kelly, Donald O'Connor, Debbie Reynolds, and directed by Stanley Donan and Gene Kelly. Hi. Hi Anna. Hi. Hi Anna. I can't I can't have the headphones on at the same time as I talk into the mic. Because you're using a soccer ball as your prop? <laughs> because it's too loud. I like to hear myself talking and it's too much for me. Gotcha. Oh hi Anna, what's new? Oh man. There's a lot that's new. Yeah. <sighs> for instance. I had a muscle spasm in my shoulders and neck. What was that yesterday? Yeah, yes. yesterday morning, yesterday trying to get morning. out of bed. I had to call into work. Sean had to call into work. We had to go to the doctor. Yes. And they gave me muscle relaxers that knocked me out. Mm-hmm. So I did not take any today, but I slept for like 12 hours last night. Mm-hmm. Not all at once. Mm-mm. But... That's been the last 24 hours for me. Did I take a nap today? Yes, you did. You okay, slept good. for like four hours. I needed it. Yeah, you did. Because the last two nights combined, I was probably around eight hours combined. Yeah. So it was nice. <laughs> it was a nice nap. Anything else new? Well, yeah. So Anna hasn't been doing too good this week, partially because of that. And... Just some general stuff. So that's part of the reason why this episode's a little late. Yeah. The first night we were just tired. We said, we'll just do it tomorrow. That won't be a big deal. Yeah. But then we've had weird stuff happen. And then uh, I'm also kind of been doing another project like a YouTube. I've been uploading all these audio clips to my YouTube channel called Tilt to Top. So if you prefer YouTube, they're on there too. You could just search Tilt to Top in YouTube. And, He's saying um, the podcast is on there. Yeah, the podcast is on that YouTube channel, Tilt to Top. Um, so I've been working on getting a bunch, doing uh, artwork and thumbnails and all that kind of stuff. So uh, it's just been a lot this last week. We kept getting too tired. We were going to do it last night and it's just all of a sudden it's one o'clock in the morning. We're like, man, let's just wait till tomorrow and do when we could do it a little earlier. Right, and tonight it's actually one o'clock in the morning too. So, 
Here yeah, we are at one o'clock in the morning starting our podcast. But tomorrow night we're gonna go see uh Doctor Doc- Strange. Doctor Strange. And then we need to watch our next movie for next week and it record and so we had to do this today. Get it done. And we've been wanting to do it. I think mm-hmm. we want to talk about this movie. We definitely want to talk about this movie and I think we enjoyed watching it and it's just been a week. It's so. just been a week. So you ready to Get yeah. on to it. Let's do it. Okay, now it's time for the wiki, uh, wiki movie stuff. <laughs> Singing in the Rain is a 1952 American musical romantic comedy film. It's a film directed and choreographed by Gene Kelly and Stanley Donen. It offers a lighthearted depiction of Hollywood in the late 1920s with the three stars portraying performers caught up in a transition from silent film to talkies. The film was only a modest hit when it was first released. However, it has since been accorded legendary status by contemporary critics and is often regarded as the greatest musical film ever made and one of the greatest films ever made, as well as the greatest film in the quote-unquote freed unit at Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer. It topped the AFI's greatest movie musical list and is ranked as the fifth greatest American motion picture of all time in its updated list of greatest American films in 2007. Do you know what that Freed unit is? No. Freed was one of the writers for the songs on the film. So they're talking about a collection of that uh, writer's work. Oh, okay, that's cool. And then uh, my last piece of tidbit is in 1989, Singing in the Rain was one of the first 25 films selected by the United States Library of Congress for preservation in the National Film Registry for being culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. Okay. So, yeah. I actually didn't know that Gene Kelly helped direct this while we were watching it. Neither did I. Yeah. Not until I looked up a wiki, uh, a wiki movie stuff. <laughs> um, I want to say, too, I had seen this before, but not since I was like a young teenager, like maybe 13. Yes. And I really enjoyed watching it again. <laughs> I forgot how funny it was. It kept making me laugh. I say yes, like... No, oh, yeah, I know that. <laughs> of course, that's correct. Um, but this time around watching it, I kept thinking how Gene Kelly is like this mixture of Dick Van Dyke and John Hamm. <laughs> I just have to say that because that's what I saw. Nice. I think this is the only Gene Kelly movie that I've seen. What's well, so. definitely his most famous, isn't it? Oh, I don't know. You should know these things. Yeah, I mean, it's what he's most known for in IMDb, so I'm going to go with that. Okay. All right, Anna, it's time for trivia. Trivia, trivia, trivia. All right, so I'm excited about the trivia for this movie because there's some drama behind this set. Oh. Are you ready for it? Go on. All right, so. Drama, you say. Oh, drama. There is some drama. This was Gene Kelly's trump card to get out of his contract with MGM. He later stated that he was angry that MGM had repeatedly prevented him from accepting lead roles in other films, such as Guys and Dolls in 1955. 
Kelly's extremely hostile attitude throughout the filming of Singing in the Rain resulted in MGM releasing him from his contract. Really? So he's so, and it just happened to be the movie for him too. That's funny. Apparently he was a total D-bag to people on the set. That sucks. The whole time. Like towards other actors or just. There is more trivia about it. So I'll get more detailed. Um, Trivia, trivia, trivia. This is great. Like Lena Lamont, who sounds when sound films arrived, many silent screen actors lost their careers because their voices didn't match their screen personas. One famous example is silent star John Gilbert. However, it wasn't the sound of his voice that killed his career, but the ridiculously florid lines he had to say. The lines that Gene's, Gene Kelly's character speaks in The Dueling Cavalier are based on the types of lines that killed John Gilbert's career. Gilbert's actually, his actual lines, sorry, Gilbert's actual lines as a mock Romeo in the William Shakespeare scene in the Hollywood Revenue of 1929 is an example of this. Nice, that's funny. So. Trivia, trivia, trivia. This is, I was amazed by this, but studio technicians had to cover two outdoor city blocks on the back lot with tarp to make them dark for a night scene and then equipped them with overhead sprays for Gene Kelly to perform the title number. So when they filmed Singing in the Rain, that song, he was actually outside and they had to cover up the buildings with tarps. Well, that's cool. To make it dark. Um, Their efforts are all the more remarkable since there was a severe water shortage in, oh my gosh, I can't talk tonight, in Culver City the day the sequence was shot. Ironically, with the way it was then lit, for decades many people thought that the number was actually shot inside. So Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was. Yeah, 100%. But me too. it's not. It I kind mean, of is because they covered it up. Yeah. But so it's kind of semantics. That but part. it's on a real street. Nice. Yeah. Um... You want to do your trivia thing? Trivia. 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 Debbie Reynolds later stated that she learned a lot from Gene Kelly. He is a perfectionist and a disciplinarian, the most exciting director I've ever worked for, and he has a good temper. Every so often he would yell at me and make me cry, but it took a lot of patience for him to work with someone who had never danced before. It's amazing that I could keep up with him and Donald O'Connor. Kelly later commented on her work. Fortunately, Debbie was strong as an ox. Also, she was a great copyist, and she could pick up the most complicated routine without too much difficulty at the University of Hard Work and Pain. That's what Gene Kelly said about <laughs> himself when he was training her. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize that, that that was Debbie Reynolds. Do you know her from something else? Well... I primarily know her as because obviously you know she acted a long time ago, you know, but I primarily know her as Carrie Fisher's mom. So, wow, really? Mm-hmm. 
Oh my gosh, my mind is blown right now. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. And they like, they died really close together too. Yeah, that was just a couple of years ago. Yeah, like actually Carrie Fisher. Wasn't that 2018? 2016 at this point. Oh. Dang, it's been that long. But yeah. I, I did not realize that was her. Mm-hmm. Wow. You ready for the next one? Yeah, I'm just like processing now. Trivia, trivia, trivia. The screenwriters bought a house in Hollywood from a former silent film star who lost his wealth when the innovation of sound film killed his career. This was part of the inspiration for the film. Nice. That's cool. I mean, it's sad for the guy who lost his career, but cool for them. Yeah. Um... This yeah, is- yeah. so I just, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I just double-checked, and Debbie Reynolds died um, one day after Carrie Fisher died. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Okay, continue. Trivia, trivia, trivia. This one's going to shock you. Shock me? Oh. Filming of the Crazy Veil section of the Broadway Ballet had to be stopped for several several hours after it was discovered that Sid Charisse's pubic hair was visible through her costume. When the problem was finally fixed, the film's costume designer, Walter Plunkett, apparently said, it's okay, guys, we finally got Sid's crotch licked. Wow. <laughs> Jeez. <Hold> My back. <laughs> um... The original negative of this film was destroyed in a fire. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, I think it was that one famous fire that killed all the films. Well, that would make sense. You know what I'm talking about? Vaguely. It's like the one that they mention in um, that movie with the kid. Oh, the movie with the kid. And the movies. Two kids, actually. Oh, the two kids in the movies. Remember in the drawing of the man in the moon? The drawing of the man in the moon? Yeah. And Jude Law. Jude Law? What movie is that? Jude Law, two kids. I even read the book. I love that movie. It's a name. It's a name? It starts with an H. H? Hugo. Hugo. Hugo, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 Hugo. Yeah, I remember they mentioned the fire. That really left an impression on me. Oh, my God. I can't even look at you right now. That's a Martin Scorsese movie. Scorsese? Yeah. Isn't it? I don't remember. But Hugo's a really good movie, guys. I'm sure it is. I just think at the time when I watched it, I watched it with you. and It is Martin Scorsese. Yeah, and I wasn't really... Like, I love I, that I had movie. no... Like you said, it's based on a book, right? The book is a drawing. The whole thing's a drawing. The whole thing is a drawing? Mm-hmm. Is it a picture book? It's a sketch kind of thing. You know how his him and his dad make the sketches? Yeah. The book is like all that. But it's of the maybe, story. Maybe I need to give this movie another another watch at some point. It has an amazing cast. It's so good. I love this movie. It has Ben Kingsley in it. All right. Yeah. We're getting distracted. And Christopher Lee. 
Welcome to Hugo Movie Night. <laughs> Watch Hugo, guys. All right, we're on to the next trivia. I've got a few trivia, here. Trivia, trivia. The script was written after the songs, and so the writers had to generate a plot into which the songs would fit. Oh, interesting. There were um, another trivia that I read but didn't read here. It said that um, there were only two songs written for the movie. And that was, um, the make them laugh. Okay. And Moses supposes. Singing in the rain wasn't even written for this movie. It was already a song. Oh. Yeah. After they finished the good morning number, Denny Debbie Reynolds had to be carried to her dressing room because she had burst some blood vessels in her feet. Despite her hard work, Gene Kelly ultimately decided to dub the sound of her feet for that. Hmm. It's too bad. Yeah. You got more? I have a lot more. Oh, a lot more. Trivia, trivia, trivia. A microphone was hidden in Debbie Reynolds' blouse so her lines could be heard more clearly. During one of the dance numbers, her heartbeat can be heard, mirroring what happens to Lena Lamont in the movie itself. Really? They did that exact same thing? Yep. Wow. you think that they would have <laughs> some sort of idea that that might happen. <laughs> I was unaware of it while we watched it, so. Well, I just mean like like it's written into the script that like yeah. she has the mic on her chest. I know, it's very ironic. Trivia, um, trivia, trivia. Donald O'Connor... Donald O'Connor and Debbie Reynolds admitted that they did not enjoy working with Gene Kelly since Kelly was verbally belittling and a tyrant. O'Connor said that for the first several weeks, he was terrified of making a mistake and being yelled at by Kelly. I wonder if that helped his performance. He was afraid to make mistakes and he was doing everything perfect because he didn't want to get yelled at. He's like so over the top optimistic in this movie that it's like, man, he really is trying to do a good job yeah. when you think about it. Or you can see it. <laughs> trivia, trivia, trivia. All right. So there was one. Um, I'm going to summarize one and then read this other one that's related to it. Okay. But basically, Donald O'Connor, when he did the Make Him Laugh song, mm -hmm. um, it was so physically taxing on him. He was smoking four packs of cigarettes a day at that time. It's, uh, and he it's had to go to the hospital afterwards. I would bet. I'm and surprised he didn't have to go to the hospital on a regular basis smoking four packs a day. And then... <laughs> Jesus. Then... The um, footage got destroyed. And so right when he got back from the hospital, he had to do the same scene again and refilm it because it got messed up the first time. No. What actually That's happened was something wrong with the negatives. They forgot to like take care of the negatives properly or something. Yeah. Is your eye okay? I'm just a little light sensitive right now. Hey, Google, turn the light off. Does that help? Or did it make it worse? I'm okay now. Okay. All you right. Got more? So continuing from that thought, Donald, 
Donald O'Connor recalled, I was smoking four packs of cigarettes a day. Too then, many. And getting up these walls was murder. They had to bank one wall so I could make it up and then through another wall. We filmed that whole sequence in one day. We did it on a concrete floor. My body just had to absorb this tremendous shock. Things were building to such a crescendo that I thought I'd have to commit suicide for the ending. I come back on the set three days later. All the grips applauded. Gene Kelly applauded, told me what a great number it was. Then Gene said, do you think you could do that number again? I said, sure, anytime. He said, well, we're going to have to do it again tomorrow. No one had checked the aperture of the camera and they fogged out all the film. So the next day I did it again. By the end, my feet and ankles were massive bruises. Do you know how expensive it would be today to smoke four packs of cigarettes a day? Oh my God, <laughs> get over it. <laughs> that's what they did back then. They didn't know it was bad for you. Well, that's, because that's, when a, that's when a pack of cigarettes was a nickel. It's also like, obviously by the time he said that quote, he knew cigarettes were bad for him. Yeah. But he didn't know at the time. Like they that's, weren't. That, that's crazy that that they just had the aperture messed up and he had to completely redo that. and just, Yeah, they fogged the film out. Yeah. It must have been all white. Yeah. Only 19 when cast to play the film, Debbie Reynolds lived with her parents and commuted to the set. She had to wake up at 4 a.m. and ride three different buses to the studio sometimes to avoid the commute. She would just sleep on the set. Hmm. She was that young? 19. Yeah, I think I remember looking that up, huh? Yeah. Trivia, trivia, trivia. Another Debbie Reynolds thing. She remarked many years later later that making this movie and surviving childbirth were the two hardest things she'd ever had to do. The filming experience was particularly unpleasant due to her harsh, harsh treatment by perfectionist Jean Kelly. Decades later, Kelly expressed remorse about his behavior. I wasn't nice to Debbie. It's a wonder she still t- speaks to me. At least he showed remorse on it. Yeah, he felt bad. Yeah. This is great. In the looping sequence, Kathy Selden, Debbie Reynolds, is seen dubbing the dialogue for Lena Lamont, Jean Hagen. Because Lena's voice is shrill and screechy, however, it's not Reynolds who is speaking. It's Jean Hagen herself who actually had a beautiful, deep, rich voice. So you have Jean Hagen dubbing Debbie Reynolds, dubbing Jean Hagen. And when Debbie is supposedly dubbing Jean's singing of Would You, the voice you hear singing actually belongs to Betty Noyes, who had a much richer singing voice than Debbie. That's funny. Isn't that hilarious? Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. All right, I have two more. Looks two more. Like. Trivia, trivia, trivia. Gene Kelly was a taskmaster with Debbie Reynolds, who has never never danced to this degree before rehearsal started. Fred Astaire, who was in an adjacent dance studio, found her crying under a piano and reassured her that all of her hard work was worth the effort. Hmm. That's nice of Fred Astaire. Mm-hmm. He sounds like a nice guy. Yeah. For the make him laugh number, Gene Kelly asked... Donald Donald O'Connor to revive a trick he had done as a young dancer, running up a wall and completing a somersault. The number was so physically taxing that O'Connor, who smoked four packs Mm -hmm. of cigarettes a day at the time, 
ended up in a hospital bed for a week after its completion. He had exhaustion and painful carpet burns, so which this, is weird because he said they did it on a cement. Well, it transferred from, remember when like over multiple sets? Yeah. So that's just basically the summary that I was going to skip over that I accidentally just read, but that's nice. okay. Alrighty. That's it for trivia, trivia, trivia. I like that trivia because I feel like it paints us a good picture of what was actually going on behind the scenes of this movie. Mm-hmm. Cool. And it's kind of like, man, I'm glad I never worked with Gene Kelly. Well, sounds like it was pretty stressful. He sounds like he just really wanted his movie to be good but more than he cared about the people in it. Well, you also said that he was like trying to get fired from MGM, right? Yeah, he wanted to be not working with them anymore. Yeah, so it's probably a combination of things, it sounds like. You ready for the movie recap? Yes, sir. Umbrellas. <laughs> okay. As we get the opening credits when back in the day when all the credits were at the beginning, you even mentioned that. Mm-hmm. When we're watching it, show all the credits at the beginning at the end of the movie just ends. And then we get a little taste of the Singing in the Rain song at the very beginning. Yep. I wasn't expecting that. They're all just singing it to us. Mm-hmm. Right away. It's the intro. And then so after the after like the intro intro, then we're on the Chinese theater, the famous Chinese theater. It's famous? Yes. I feel like I used to know this when I was a teenager, but now I don't. It's like the classic, like old school L.A. theater. It's like oh. where they hold a lot of premieres at to this day and everything. You know, like when Star Wars debuts is at the Chinese theater and stuff like that. Okay. Um, And then one of my first notes on this is this remaster is clean. It just looked so good. It did look great. It did not look like a movie from the 1950s. No, it didn't. It looked great. I think that's part of what allowed me to get sucked into it and really enjoy it, too. Mm-hmm. Um, then Zelda. Everybody gets super sty- psyched because Zelda shows up. Zelda? Yeah, Zelda. I just remember hearing people yelling, Zelda. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then... Um, <clears throat> crowd reacting to the celebs arriving you know for this movie premiere and then we were introduced to gene kelly and his character don right and he's like lying about his entire life story which i thought was really funny yeah was he lying about it i didn't really catch that you didn't Mm -hmm. yeah he was like um painting everything in a nice light when we were seeing what was really happening but his story was very like, like he said he oh, went to art school. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was yeah, really yeah. just a bunch of guys hanging around. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, thing. Yeah. I get what you're saying, and like when he, he was, was like, embellishing it. Yeah, I remember for that the now. crowd. Yeah, because then he was like, he was talking about how, like the audiences loved us, right? And it like showed them like booing them and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So he had had a very hard career, and he was definitely making it seem like he hadn't. Yeah, with uh, with him and Cosmo. Right. <clears throat> and then, um, so we get that whole back backstory on him real quick, which I thought was kind of like, that's an interesting thing to do on a red carpet. Give your 
entire backstory. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they did things back. Maybe they did things differently back in the day. I'm sure they did because it was a little less huge. You know, like the crowds probably weren't as big as they are today. Mm-hmm. And it was just different times. I'm sure that they, it also seemed like they were the like peak interest of the show. Yeah. So they had like more of a stage situation happening. This mm-hmm. Everyone wanted to see them. So. Yeah. So like you say, kind of during this backstory, we get them as young kids dancing in the pool hall, them at a movie theater. And we get stuff like, like when he says that the audience loves them, but they're actually booing. And then they actually get into some movies as like, just like working behind the stage. And then Don gets work as a stuntman. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then and his stunts are like insane. Yeah, there's a sequence. He drives a plane through a barn. The plane through the barn. And then there's the motorcycle one. Mm-hmm. And then like him just like ro- running into like a house that explodes. Right. Like, that was so funny. <laughs> and then um, and then during this time too, he's like trying to get who what. Was it Zelda? I'm drawing a blank. Who was the other? No, Lena. Yeah, Lena's Lena, the actress. Zelda. He was trying to get Lena to like notice him, but she wouldn't until he actually got a real role in the film. And then uh, now, and then she started liking him all of a sudden. Hmm. And then my next note is uh, dignity. Do you know why I wrote that? Do you? I'm asking you if you know why I wrote it. Because he, he keeps saying that dignity is his whole thing during that speech. He keeps okay, repeating that's why, it. That's why, okay. dignity. I, couldn't, I, I honestly could not remember why he I wrote He keeps that. saying like dignity, dignity, <laughs> dignity. Dignity is the reason. Dignity is my life. Is that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then uh, so we go into the theater and it's this is where it's a silent film. Like I wasn't totally sure what we're going into going into this movie. I didn't know what it was about. That's how little I knew about this movie. The only thing I knew was the singing in the rain. I didn't realize it would took place in the 1920s mm-hmm. with the transition from silent film to talkies. That was the main reason I had it in my back pocket. Cause well, it's like the technology of it is really interesting. And the story around it is good. When we started this podcast, this was one of the movies I had on my like, to watch. To watch. Like, this is one of the reasons I wanted to do this podcast. Yeah. Was for this movie, so. That's good. And then uh, the movie ends. There's applause. They go up on stage, and Don speaks, and, like, uh, Lena, like, almost looks like she wants to speak, but they kind of pull her away. And then, and then I ask, oh, does she speak in this movie? Because there was a couple times, like, on the red carpet, too, they pull her away. They don't let her mm. talk. And then we hear a voice backstage. Right. Like, ah. Yep, that's why. Because she sounds like this. <laughs> you should do the whole podcast like that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and they treat her like, like she they're acting like she's dumb. And I'm like, is she actually dumb? Or are they just well, treating says, her like that because of So what, am I dumb or something? Mm-hmm. And they all look at her like, uh, every time. <laughs> so then from... 
that part they all need to get out or you know they're leaving so this is a part where um they're on the car or yeah they're on the car and they get a flat tire or is it just dawn and cosmo that are in the car together as they're driving off right i don't even remember you don't remember this is where like they get the flat tire and then he gets out of the car and then like fans start like oh yeah they start swarming him and then um what's his name cosmo just sort of like slinks away Mm -hmm. out of the crowd yeah and uh Dawn is like, are you going to help me? (laughs) And Cosmo says something funny. I can't remember exactly what the line was. But then Dawn is like, he starts getting swarmed by the, when he's getting swarmed by the fans, he runs off, jumps on top of the streetcar. Right. And then jumps into uh, Kathy's car. Mm -hmm. And this is when, this is when we're first introduced to her, right? Uh, Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. He kind of just falls into her car and she shrieks. Yeah. And says, like, get out. <laughs> um, and she's mad at him the whole time until she pulls over to a police officer and says, like, ah, this man's in my car. And he recognizes him as the famous actor. And she's like, oh. Oh, I'll give you a ride. I'll give you a ride after all. Yeah, basically. She's like, okay, where can I take you? Mm-hmm. Sorry for freaking out. And then they start talking about movies in general and stuff. And, and she it, says, if you've seen one, you've seen them all. Yeah, and he gets all offended that she's not a fan. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny because she obviously likes him, but she's definitely trying to play it like she doesn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which And I, she convinces him that she doesn't like him I mean, she and can, it messes with him. She convinced me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, but but the reason why she does like the movies is because she's a stage actress. Mm-hmm. She says that movie acting isn't real acting because of the silent film. Mm-hmm. Which is actually kind of like he proves that to be a little bit true when when we see how his acting routine goes. <laughs> yeah. And then so um so they get to where she's dropping him off at and then they're they're like arguing at this point and then he goes to get out of the car and his jacket gets stuck in the door. Door. Yeah, I laughed at that part. You did laugh at that part. Um It's just perfectly timed. And she's laughing at him. Mm-hmm. 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 But he's getting it. it did he get dropped off at like his house and then he gets and then he no. changes and he ends up to the and then he goes to she, the after party, right? She took him to the party and she was actually going there too. <clears throat> but we don't find that out for a minute. Okay, I thought that there was some sort of cut here because I thought that, that that he was wearing a fresh outfit at the after party. No, he asked her to drop him off at the party and she shows up in the cake. Mm-hmm. Like she she says that she was going around there. Yeah. Anyway, and it turns out they're going to the same party. But uh, yeah. But before before the cake part, this is where we really learn that Dawn does not like Lena. Mm-hmm. She's like very like clingy to him. 
Yeah, she, well, she thinks that they're engaged and they're not. Because of <laughs> the tabloids, basically, and the magazines. And yeah, stuff. but she wants it to be true and he doesn't. Yeah, he does not like her. And um, and then they Nobody all Nobody likes her, really. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, you get that vibe. And then, and then, like, the host of the party or whatever brings them all into a room and shows them a talking picture. Mm-hmm. And they're like, get... get Come out from behind the stage there. They think there's somebody like behind the screen or something talking to them. Mm-hmm. And um, so that, w- that was interesting. But then this is where the cake rolls in and then she jumps out of it. Right. And like immediately sees him. Yeah. And Don immediately is like trying to mess with her mm-hmm. because he's like, oh, you're a real actress, huh? <laughs> And she's dancing like she's like singing and dancing along with the other with other girls. And Dawn is just kind of relentless with her. And then she grabs a pie to throw it at his face, but then hits Lena instead. Mm-hmm. And Lena gets her fired later. Yeah. But after that happened, she left very fast. Oh, yeah. She was embarrassed. Yeah. And Dawn tries to follow her out of the party. But she's already gone and you see him kind of hesitate like he's going to go back in. But then he just decides not to and leaves Lena there all by herself. Mm-hmm. And he goes home. And then this is my next note. This film in the film doesn't age well. Do you remember what that was? I know what it was. They were at the studio and this is when, you know, at the time since they didn't have any talking in movies. They could film multiple movies at the same time right next to each other. Oh, that's true. So you see him, you see them walking and talking, passing different movies being filmed at the same time. Mm -hmm. And the first one that we see is like a tribal movie, but it's all like, it's all like white people and like dark makeup and stuff. That's why I put that note. I didn't even notice that, that they had the dark makeup on. I wasn't paying that much attention to the backgrounds when they were walking. Yeah. Um that was kinda I thought that they were pretty interesting. I was paying a paying attention to them. So so you got that like I said, you got all these movie sets side by side. And then um and then he ends up walk, like they end up meeting up with Cosmo. Because I think at this point it's Dawn and like the studio head walking and talking about what to do. And they come up against Cosmo and then this is where we get the the, the show must go on to make him laugh song. Mm. This is the one where he like he hurt himself, right? Yeah. What did you think of that song? I thought it was entertaining. Mm-hmm. I feel like he, it's like so exaggerated towards the end that you're like, it gets you contemplating show business as a reality. <laughs> like, he's just like dancing around, like actually, I will frantically. Say that- I think I remember the song feeling like the song went on a little too long mm-hmm. and I was feeling a little tired during the end of the song. Mm. Like when you started going really crazy. Yeah. But overall, it, it was a good song. Um, then we get, then they have like a new movie set. They're talking about how heavy their wigs are because they're in this, like the Victor it's a new movie they're working on and it's like a Victorian setting and they have these big giant wigs on 
And then this is where we find out that that uh, Lena got Kathy fired. Mm-hmm. Oh, and so at this point, you know, they're still filming the silent film. And they're filming like a love scene where he's supposed to be like professing his love to her. But he's just telling her how much he hates her. Yeah, that was great. Um, and she's just like not getting a hint that he's serious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's not a care in the world. I'm like, yeah, you're fine. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, then my next note is talking pictures are the future. Uh, I, I think that we see some like. Well, they go to the after party. Wait, Another no, that was, was earlier. No, that was earlier. Um, I'm trying to remember exactly what's happening during this part, but I think that this is kind of the part where they're like, hey, this, like, the studio is like, we need to turn this into a talking movie. Right. Because it's the future. <clears throat> and because, like, there was, like, a musical that, like, just killed at the box office or something. Right, a competing musical. Yeah. Um, and then my next picture is, hey, it's Kathy on the picture. Do you know what the heck I was talking about there? Um. No. Was she? Was she like? She she was on a different film set. That's what that was. That guy was singing the beautiful girls song with all the girls. Like standing, like you have like right. a businesswoman. Like Kathy was part of that. Mm-hmm. She's like one of the dancers on the floor. That's what that was. Yeah. And um, well, they're talking about her while she's dancing with everyone else. Mm-hmm. So we see this whole song and dance sequence. At this point, I think Dawn feels bad too because she got fired. Mm-hmm. So he convinces the um director to hire her yes yeah and so part of this is like them working it out because she's like she's mad at him mm-hmm. but you know he's still trying to help her because he likes her once she finds out that he helped her she forgives him yeah and she lets him know like hey i actually am a big fan of yours and then we get another song my note was the proper setting song do you know what song I'm talking about there? The proper setting? Yeah, the proper setting. Your notes are so bad. It's right before... It's right before... Moses Dawn, supposes. Yeah, Dawn is taking the... Like, they're all taking the talking lessons to be able to talk better for the mm-hmm. for the talking pictures. And then there's the tongue twister song. Mm-hmm. Moses supposes. Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. That was an interesting song. They completely just like, like that poor guy, that poor teacher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I remember really liking that one when I was a kid, but watching it as an adult, I'm kind of like, these guys are like ruthless. Yeah, they're kind of jerks. Yeah. Um, then we're back on the set and this is when they start filming the talking scenes and they can't figure out the mic. They have it in the bush and like talking to the bush and she keeps like turning her head and then going and talking into the mic and then going back and talking like this. Mm -hmm. Going back and talking to the mic. Good demonstration. (laughs) (laughs) You couldn't actually see me doing it, but 
Um, if you watch the movie, you know what he's saying. Yeah, and then they're like, okay, here, let's try this. And they like try to put the mic on her chest, which this is part with the trivia you mentioned that actually happened to them. And right, they start hearing her heartbeat. Yeah. And then, um, it's like a very fake heartbeat, so <laughs> yeah. And then, so they film the movie, and then they have like a like a preview of it, and it's terrible. The sound is terrible, terrible, terrible. Yeah, they have a pre-screening. Everybody hates it. They're Everyone like, hates the movie. This is a joke. Like they like half the people think it's a comedy. Some people just walk out. Mm-hmm. It's just so bad. And then, um. Like at one point, like the sound is just completely out of sync. Like mm-hmm. it's not even synced up. Yes, yes, yes. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, um, and then we like go to, we go to them having dinner. Like the core three of them, the Kathy, Don, and Cosmo are having dinner. They're kind of talking about what to do. And then this is where they get the idea to basically turn it into a musical. Mm-hmm. Because they're like, hey, that's what we're competing with. You guys can't talk that well acting and stuff, so why don't we just sing? Make yeah, they basically decide to rewrite the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And yeah. then they have their good morning song because they had their great idea. Mm-hmm. And I think that's my favorite song in the whole movie. Good morning. Good morning. I didn't know that was from this movie. I didn't either. And I was very <laughs> excited that it was because I've been trying to remember it and I did not remember what it was from. Yeah. But I wanted to sing it to Owen sometimes. So. Well, now you know. Now I know. Now and I know. can re- like learn the words now. Yeah. That so. was another song that just seemed exhausting with them singing it. I liked they it. They went so hard on all their songs. It's entertaining. But it's mm-hmm. like watching it. It's just, man, I feel tired. Yeah, I think that is uh, Gene Kelly's doing. Yeah, part of him being so hard on set. Yeah. And he choreographed the whole thing and stuff, so yeah. Yeah, I think he wanted them to be, like, so on. Yeah. And they were the whole time. But then they realized, hey, um, Lena can't sing. Right. They're like, this ain't happening with her. And they're like, well, how about if we use Kathy? Mm-hmm. Kathy sings for her and Kathy's like sure whatever for the picture I think it's so funny that they had to do that for the story when Lena's actually like a well her voice is nice I guess her they did say in the trivia that her singing voice wasn't that great but it's just funny yeah um, but and then so Dawn is happy he leaves and then this is where we get the title song the singing in the ring Song, mm-hmm. and I was pretty entertained by it. First time I've ever watched this scene, right? I, and at this point, it's obvious too that um, Don and Kathy are dating. Yeah, yeah. But like, I've seen, you know, I've seen snippets. It's such a famous scene. I've seen snippets from it. I've seen images and whatnot. But actually, watching it in context was pretty cool. It's a good song. Yeah, it's a good performance too. Mm-hmm. And then he he runs the idea of turning into music by the studio head, and the studio head loves it. They're like, yeah, let's do this. And then they were trying to think of titles and a whole new story. Cosmo's like, I'll do everything. And he's like, okay, you're in charge of this now. You're in charge of that now. And Cosmo basically got big promotions because of this. 
Right. That part was funny too. Yeah. And then we jumped to like them recording the songs, them watching dailies, everything's going smooth. Dailies? Dailies, yeah. Do you know what dailies are? No. So when they're filming a movie, um, what they'll do a lot of times is they'll film everything for that day mm-hmm. and then they'll send it to like the producers and studio execs or something and they'll watch what was filmed. Oh, okay. And maybe be like, um, oh, well, maybe we could retry this or, you know, they might have notes or something. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. And then we get the big Broadway song. I don't really care for this song. It's a it's the longest song it in the movie. It is long. I didn't even take notes. It's the, like ten minutes long. The only, at least the only note I put on this is what a journey this song is. Yeah, because it is man. It goes through its phases. It's almost like it. Like it's a, like four songs in one. Yeah, it's like a different movie within this movie. Like it's so long. It's funny too because they. Don says that it's like the modern part of the movie that they're making, but it makes zero sense because it's like not related to the other movie at all. And it's obviously just for our benefit. But And, and this is just him telling them what the song would be mm-hmm. and just like almost it like being visualized to us on the screen. Mm-hmm. That was crazy. Gotta dance. That's the whole like theme of it yeah and he danced gotta dance gotta dance um it's a long song and the the lady in the green dress is the one that i mentioned in the trivia before who was she um i don't uh, know if he said yeah uh, she's just known as the dancer in this. yeah in the movie that's why she's credited as is the dancer yeah she's the one in the green dress who got her crotch licked (laughs) 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 that's what that's what the costume designer said that that is that is what you said it said in the trivia huh (laughs) you're totally blushing (laughs) am i yeah you are i don't feel like i am you actually are your whole face turned red actually pink well, that's probably because you said something, so I got a little, little blush here. Okay, let's move on. You're embarrassing me. <laughs> um, so so we see them doing voiceovers for the movie, and I think this is the first time that, or this is when we hear Don say that he loves Kathy for the first time. Like he tells her he loves her. Did he actually say that? I'm pretty sure, because I made a note saying he loves her. Okay. Unless this Usually is I'm pretty aware of that in movies, but I think I might have missed it. Yeah. And then um but Lena is jealous of Kathy at this point. Maybe that's no, he tells oh, Lena. Okay, that I do he remember loves that her. part. Yeah, yeah, so Lena gets jealous and she sends out the press release saying how sh- how great she is at everything. Right, she's very devious. But then she wants Kathy to do her voiceovers forever. Mhm. She wants Kathy's entire career to be ruined and for her to basically just do her voice and make her famous. Yep. But then we have 
the big movie premiere for the new musical movie. People love it. And, of course, Lena wants to make a speech, right, afterwards, but she's but they're backstage and she's mm-hmm. like, I own you, basically. Like, you're going to you're not going to have any career other than working for me. Mm-hmm. And then she goes out to make a speech and everybody hears a real voice. Right. Somebody's like, sing, sing, or whatever he said. Which answers her question if she's really dumb or something. Yeah, right. Because, yeah. Yeah. So um, so they're like, we got it. Like, they huddle up, they come up with a plan, and they send Kathy out behind the curtain to actually sing for her while she's singing. Mm-hmm. And then as she's singing, they raise the curtain up to reveal that Kathy was the one doing the voice all along. And they even say it like Don comes out on a mic and he's like, well, Kathy, blah, blah, blah. Like, she's the real star of this movie. Mm-hmm. She did all the voice and everything. She's crying. She's embarrassed. Mm-hmm. And her tears are very real. Yeah. I'm lying. They weren't real. Oh. <laughs> they were oh, very yeah, obviously fake. Yeah. It was like the old school, like, little piece of, like, like clear... Mm-hmm. Like it was just like a sticker on her face. Yeah. Like what they used to do. Um. And then there's basically we end with them like standing in front of a billboard with them both on it. They're going to be starring in a new movie called Singing in the Rain. Yep. And they kiss. They kiss. The end. The end. I really like that scene where uh, Kathy is revealed. Yeah. It was pretty good. That's a fun scene, the way it plays out and everything. Yeah. And after that Broadway song, it's just like, okay, yeah, let's get back into the story, please. It's almost like the Broadway song was like, they looked at the whole movie and they were like, you know what? It's a little too short. And then they just added that in there. (laughs) (laughs) But. And now, Anna? Well, yeah. Okay. It's time for do 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 Google Play reviews. Chica. Oh, <laughs> well, chica in there, huh? I like it. <laughs> <clears throat> for me, one of the best musicals ever: Kelly O'Connor and Reynolds and all. Great cast. Hard to beat an old MGM classical. This caliber of talent is sore is sorely missed. Five stars. 1990 seen it in theories and on my tv so i will never watch it again it seems that it's everywhere i go l i'm sick of it one star the way you read that was so weird it's the one star in there okay yeah (laughs) (laughs) i read it how i see it um this is one of my family's favorite movies to watch. It ama- It's amazing and we'll never get tired of watching it. Heart emoji. Do you agree with that, Anna? I would get tired of watching it, but otherwise, yes. Here's a one-star review. Review. Sucked. Oh. One star. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you know, elaborate a little. But okay. <laughs> I'll do one more. Awesome. Amazing. 
Okay, yeah, awesome, amazing. There aren't enough words to describe it. Just insane. <laughs> Usually, not a big fan of musicals, but this one, you've got to be kidding. Four thumb up emojis, five stars. I agree. Okay. <laughs> All right, Anna, what, what is our five star rating? Um, what do you rate this movie, Anna? I rate this movie. It's what the people came for. Oh, that was a big yawn. Okay. I would rate this movie. Well, the, the okay. The suspense is killing me. I know. I'm sorry. It's just that I, I like always stall at this part. For me, I think it would have been five stars before. But now that I know all the trivia, it's kind of four stars. So the tri- the trivia knowledge brought it down for you? Yeah. Because, like, Gene Kelly was a tyrant. Yeah. Everyone but was afraid of him. Yeah. But everybody was, like, on good terms and everything, at, like, later on. Right. But what if that was because they were afraid of him? <laughs> <laughs> Even when he was old? When they're all old? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's. Uh. When do I get this movie? Man. I. I really enjoyed this movie. I had a lot of fun with it. I laughed a lot too. Yeah. Um. I am going to. I'm going to give it a four star. Okay. I had some issues with it, like every movie, most movies. What were your issues? Um. Some of the pacing was pretty off, or some of the pacing didn't vibe with me. There are some bad cuts. There's some bad cuts, but I mean, that's it was. This movie was made in the '50s, so I don't. It's pretty normal. Yeah, I'm not too hard on it for that, but it was kind of like like how we talked how long the Broadway song is. Right. Like, like how some of the songs, like I like, I don't want to feel tired after watching this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like some stuff like that. Um bring it down for me a little bit and i don't know i mean four for me is a great movie so i had a lot of fun with it it was it lived up to expectations for me Mm -hmm. and um who was your favorite character i think my favorite character is cosmo cosmo he's a fun character He's really fun, and he's very optimistic. Yeah. Yeah, and just like he, probably the funniest of all of them. I, I think I'm gonna agree with you. Yeah. And also because like he was kind of like he brought a lot of the humor to the movie too. Yeah. Yeah. He was also like just really talented and fun to watch. I agree. We got two Cosmos here. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, man, that's about it, Anna. What are we currently into? I'm skipping the remake part because I don't think there is anything. I did a little bit of research and didn't find anything, so. Our cat's upstairs trying to wake up our son. She does that about this time every single night. Goes upstairs. Meow. Meow. 
Wow, right outside Owen's door. Oh man, I was gonna cut this. Totally keeping this in now. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's just like insane though. That's the cat button for tonight. Yeah. Um What are we currently into? Watching. I just watched Enola Holmes and really enjoyed it. I did not watch it. It's very good. I was working. I would recommend it. I started watching Under the Banner of Heaven. I wasn't done talking about Enola Holmes yet. Oh, man. Fine. Okay. So, this movie, I needed, like... Okay, I've been having a hard time watching movies or any TV, actually, that's, like, too dramatic or too exciting. Um, And this movie was, like perfectly relaxing to watch it was it definitely has its uh like action and stuff but it was like the pace what it was the pace that i needed and i really enjoyed it and um that main actress i can't remember what her name is do you um some stranger things um I'm, i'm drawing a blank on her name right now well she was great isn't it like Ma- Maggie something or no, no. or Maddie. We're looking it up. Stranger Things or it is. It is. It is. It is Millie Bobby Brown. Okay, Millie Bobby Brown. Yeah, she was great. That's good. And also, oh. seeing. Oh my gosh, I can't remember anyone's names right now. Seeing who? Superman. Henry Cavill. Yeah, seeing Henry Cavill as uh, Sherlock Holmes was pretty cool. I would like to see more of that. Well, I guess, I mean, if they make an ex- I think they might. universe. They might make another Enola Holmes because I think that's a series of books. They are making a second one. They are? Yes. So, Henry Cavill, I will get more of that. You will get more Henry Cavill. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Now you can talk about your show. Under the Banner of Heaven is a mystery crime thriller based on like a Mormon town in Utah right outside of Salt Lake. What town? Takes place in the 80s. Uh, I don't remember exactly. Mm. I just know it's a smaller town. Um, But... Starring Andrew Garfield. It has Andrew Garfield. It has Sam Worthington. It has uh, Wyatt Russell who plays the... Uh, he was in the new uh, Captain America show. Falcon and Winter Soldier show. He was like the guy who was the new Captain America before he got all crazy. He's in oh. that, that actor's in it. Is he a Mormon? He plays like the eldest son of the family. Of the more, yeah. Okay. And um, really great. Andrew Garfield, he's amazing. What can I say? Great show. Other than that, we did see Doctor Strange last night. Yeah. Which actually, now that I think about it, might seem a little strange. Because earlier in this podcast, we mentioned that we're going to be seeing Doctor Strange in a day or two. Mm-hmm. So. It's actually been a couple days yeah, we had to pause. We had to pause this. this pause. We had to pause this podcast because I've been having some health issues and they crept up on me. So, guess I bet you'll never be able to guess where that was at though, where we cut. 
Yeah, it's a mystery. We we're never going to tell you. Mystery. Anyway, <laughs> Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Mm-hmm. Loved it. We both really liked it. I, if you're interested, I actually just recorded a uh, video review on my on the Tilted Top Tilted Top channel that I mentioned before. You can go there and check it out if you want to. Where we upload all these in in uh, audio form on there too on the YouTube channel. I still think Tilted Top is a really funny name. I told you where it stems from, right? Crooked penis. No, Anna. <laughs> it stems from from a uh, Leo DiCaprio's top totem in Inception. Oh, okay. Jesus. <laughs> you look like you're God. Cry. <laughs> Anna and her penises. <laughs> um. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> You check it out there. Um, anything else? Um, Your thoughts on Doctor Strange? S- spoiler free. Spoiler free. I really mm-hmm. liked it, and uh, it's definitely worth watching if you're a Marvel fan. Cool. Especially if you have seen WandaVision. Yeah. On Watch Plus. WandaVision first. Yeah, for sure. It helps. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I, yeah, that's definitely one of those things where it's like if you didn't watch WandaVision, actually, then this movie might seem kind of like... Out of whoa. nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> all right. Is there anything else? That's all I could think of right now. Yeah. What are we watching next week, you ask? What are we? I've been going back and forth on this. So... I've been kind of... I had fun with this movie. I've been kind of in an adventure mode lately. So I am choosing. Oh, did I write it down? I didn't write it down. What am I choosing, Anna? You don't remember what movie you picked? Yeah, no. Yeah, I think. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Nice. Um, you know, we did the first Indiana Jones and yeah i'm excited to watch another one yeah i had never seen them like i mentioned it to my friend and he's like really you have never seen the indiana jones movies i've seen the the crystal skull one mm-hmm. the more recent one that came out but i had never when i was a kid growing up indiana jones was just never interesting to me Hmm. i just had no desire to watch indiana jones i was a big star Wars fan as a kid toys watch the movies a hundred times. Never, you know, Harrison Ford, Han Solo to me. <laughs> Not no indie to me, you know. That's funny. A lot of people he's either he's they either see him more as Indiana Jones or more as Han Solo. For me it's definitely Han Solo. But well yeah. I don't know if we ever said either that Singing in the Rain I had seen, but you hadn't. Yeah, I never seen it. Maybe we did say that, but now we said it again. I forget. Did you case. did you just mention it or not? But have you seen this Indiana Jones movie? I've seen all of them. Do you remember them very well? Nope. Okay, so that's cool. This is all movies from like my early teen years. So I saw Singing in the Rain when I was around thirteen. I probably saw Indiana Jones when I was around then too. Okay. I think I watched 
Maybe I was like 14, but... Well, that's, yeah. that's it. Next week, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. If I remember right, that's, that's like the, the best one, right? one. Let me double check before. Indy, in, 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 <laughs> Jones. Indiana Jones and the, yeah, okay, I was correct. Yeah, that's it. 1984? 1984's Temple of Doom. Nice. All right, Anna. That's only four years before I was born. It's only three years before I was born. (laughs) Math. Oh, my God. Okay. So, that's it. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Peace. If adventure has a name, it must be Indiana Jones. From Steven Spielberg and George Lucas. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. You don't believe me. You will, Dr. Jones.